theyeshiva.net. So, Baruchim Aboyim, welcome everybody to a new year of learning, Be'ezer Hashem, a new zman of learning, a new semester of learning. Should be a Hatzlochedek a year for everybody, on all levels, and the Gishme Bracha, the rains of blessings that we're experiencing this morning in quite an intense fashion, should flow in all aspects of our life, be filled with Bracha and Hatzlocha. So today we're going to begin the first Maimer of the Balatanya in Torah Er, Parshas Noyach. Just to clarify, Torah Er and Lakuta Torah are really the same Sefer. It's just because of Russian bureaucracy and the difficulty in printing Jewish books. So they, they closed down the printing press that published Torah Er and they couldn't Tzamachzadak, who published these Maimarim, couldn't continue publishing the Maimarim with the same name. So he changed the name from Torah Er to Lukuta Torah. So the first Sefer, Bereshus and Shmois, is Torah Er. And then the second one, Vayikra, Bamid Dvarim, is Lukuta Torah. That's why they have two names, but it's really one set, so to speak. But again, because of the bureaucracy of government issues, this is in the 1800s, so when the Svarim were printed, they had to do a change of names. That's why there's a change of names. Bereshus and Shmois is including the holidays of Bereshus and Shmois, like Hanukkah and Purim. And then Vayikra Midbadvarim includes that, those Chumashim and the Yom Tovim of those months, like Pesach. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Shavuos, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Sumchas and Shir so this is the first Maimra on Parshas Noyach. It's page 16 in your Svarim, Torah, page 16. In the Hebrew, it's Ches, column 3. You see the middle of the page, it starts Noyach. Now, there's two Maimarim in Torah, Parshas Noyach. The second one is about the tower, the Derha Flag, the tower that they built. We learned that a few years ago, about the three worlds, Akudim, Nekudim and Brudim, a very, very deep mimer. We learned a few years ago, there's a second mimer of Noyach. The first one we learned on Shabbos once, but we didn't learn it in the middle of the week. So we're going to learn that in one now. <coughs> the Balatanya said it, Shabbos Parshas Noyach, Tov Kuf Samaches. Tov Kuf Samaches would mean 1807. And he said it in the city of Shklov. Shklov is one of the, was one of the, very, very distinguished Jewish community in Lithuania. Shklov is a city in Lithuania. It was a fortress of very big Talmudic Chachamim, and that's where he said the Maimer in Shklov. It actually begins with a Pasuk, not from Parshas Noyach, but from a Pasuk in Yeshai in Shir Hashirim, the end of Shir Hashirim, the Song of Songs. But as we will see, the connection to Parshas Noyach. If you want to give a title to this Maimer, it's basically the purpose of anxiety. That's how you can define it. Why is my life flooded with anxiety? And I use the word flooded because that's the word he uses, flooded, flooded, I mean in Hebrew. And what's the purpose of it? How to find meaning in it? Obviously anxiety itself comes in so many different variants. Variants, there's no one type and no one description and no one diagnosis and therefore no one solution. But 
here we're going to get a, a, a general approach to the theme of anxiety, which applies at least to many people's lives, and a spiritual approach to it. So let's begin. Mayim Rabim lo yuchlu lechabetz sa'ava unahares lo yishtafua im yitinishes kolhoin beisay ba'ava boys yavuzuloi. This is a pasuk at the end of Shehashirim. Those who say Shehashirim on Friday or other times of the year, you know this pasuk well. It's Shehashirim chapter eight, Perik Ches pasuk Zayin. Mayim Rab Mayim Rab means raging waters. Strong multitudes of waters cannot extinguish, cannot destroy, cannot obliterate the love. And rivers cannot flood it, cannot drown it, cannot overwhelm it. If a person thinks he's going to give away all of his money, all all of his assets, all of the finances of his home, in order to buy such love... They're going to scorn him. They're going to make fun of him. Boys, he's going to become a, a, a busha. Boys, they're going to scorn him that he thinks that you could buy such love with money and that somebody will sell such love for money. That's what Shea Shirim says. So he says, it's a love that no water in the world. And obviously he's using the term of water, not stam, because the love is compared to fire. So usually fire could be extinguished by rivers and floods and flash floods and uh, rain, torrents of rain like we have this morning, <laughs> can extinguish, can extinguish many a fire. But this love, he says, Mayim Rabim there's nothing they can do to extinguish it, and no river in the world can overwhelm it. That's what Yishtafua means, like flood it, Shitafon, you know, when something like a tsunami that floods a city, and nobody, if somebody thinks he could, he could pay for this love, he's going to give Hoin to buy this love. It's an embarrassing thought. That's the Pasuk in Shirashir. Explains the Balatanya, what does this verse refer to? What is it referring to? So one of the explanations is, there's different explanations in the Mepharshim. Balatanya says, He neimayim rabim him kol tirdes aparnosa, v'amachshavez shebinyane oilam hazam. Mayim Rabim is a symbol, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for all the stress. Tirdus is stress. Tarud, a person is tarud, you're overwhelmed, you're anxious. All the stress that has to do with parnasa, that has to do with making a living. And here making a living doesn't only mean to bring home a salary, that too <laughs> can be very, very stressful. But all the stress that's connected with life, you know, it's connected with life, it can be connected to marriage, can be connected to raising children, can be connected to making a living, can be connected to functioning in the world. Machr And all the machshavas, all of the raging thoughts that people have about anything that's connected to the world. Their, the, the world, their place in the world. And every person knows in their life, these are the mayim rabim. And the metaphor is mayim rabim because it's sometimes, sometimes like literally a, a torrent of water. It's like a, a, a tsunami, a hurricane hits you. In the head, in the head, sometimes a person is experiencing raging waters, and the waters are very intense, and they're very powerful. So that's, that's the metaphor. All the tirdis of Parnassa, and his emphasis here is tirdis. When a person does something, obviously I have to think what I'm doing. Whatever profession you're in, if you have no machshava in it, you won't be able to do it. A person has to function on some level of thought. But the tirdis is not thinking about it. 
The tirda is the overwhelming, the being overwhelmed. The tirda is that I'm I'm, con, I'm consumed. I have no mental space. Sometimes you have to do something and you do something. But sometimes when I have a pressure, it's not just a pressure, it becomes an overwhelming pressure. There's nothing else going on. You know, you understand what I'm talking about? Anybody relates to this? Just you two. <laughs> You're the poster boys. You're the poster boys. <laughs> Nonetheless, despite this being so true, they can't extinguish the love. Which love? Which which love, despite the fact that these thoughts can be powerful and they can be demoralizing and they can be anxiety-ridden and they can be overwhelming, nonetheless, nothing can extinguish, nothing, no thought can extinguish the natural inner state of the soul where there is a love. What love? He says, is an avam suteris. An avamisateris means a concealed love. Concealed means it's embedded. It's interwoven into the fabric of the person, which every single Jewish soul has. And it has it by nature. It's not you'd have it because you achieved it necessarily through efforts, through tremendous work. Obviously, somebody who works opens themselves up more to it. But this is something that is your essential state of being. It's part of it. It's betava. And why is it Beteva? Because of the Nefesh Alekis, because every single person has and is a divine consciousness, a Nefesh Alekis, and by nature, it, it, by nature, it ascends, and it always wants to be connected, and always wants to be Lichalal. Lichalal means, from the word Klal, Lehiskalal, to be subsumed, to be subsumed, Lamaila, with the reality of one as the reality of Hashem, and it's like a Shalhevis. It's compared to a flame, which ascends on its own. You may have to light a fire in the beginning, but once the fire catches on the candle, or whatever is being lit, the log, it may take time. But once it's burning, it's oil And it says, What's By the nisham, it's oil Even if you're not holding a match, this fire is burning. There's a burning fire, it's a burning love. The inner state of the soul is that it's in love. It's love, it's full of love. It's full of love to truth, it's full of love <coughs> to reality, it's full of love to oneness, it's full of love to Hashem. And this is what it says. How do you know this is the Ava we're talking about? He says, look in the previous Pasuk, right before this Pasuk. This is Shirashin and Pedic Ches, Pasuk Zion. He says, if you look in the previous Pasuk, right before Pasuk Vav, it says, Rishafeha Rishveish, Shalhevis yutke. Rishafim are glowing coals. You know, uh, if you make a bonfire, you have those coals. And the coals, after they're burning through and through, they're glowing and you don't want to touch them. That's called Rishafim. Burning, glowing coals. So Rishafeha, her coals, are Rishveyesh, are burning with fire. Shalhevis yutke. It's a fire of Hashem. So continuing, this passage, he says, and don't think that the water is that can extinguish this fire. Nothing can extinguish this fire. 
It's called Shalhevis Yutke. It's a Shalhevis, it's a flame. You say, no, me, in my case, it doesn't exist because I never created it. I don't have this fire. I never felt the fire. If I made the fire, maybe I have, but I never made the fire. He says that's not that's not uh, that's not a pircha that doesn't refute it because shubchinus shalhevus abam milmaila. This is a shalhevus that comes, a flame that comes from above. What do we mean? It comes from above. Above here doesn't mean it comes from the ceiling. It means it's something that the person doesn't have to make, and therefore you can't destroy. And therefore nobody can destroy it. So you say, but I'm having all of these thoughts and I have all these overwhelming, raging, uh, anxious thoughts. He says, that's maybe true. It's called Mayim Rabbim. But this, this, this state of being, this state of oneness, this state of, of love, of connection that the soul has is innate. It's intrinsic. It's intrinsic to its very being. It's a Shalhevis Abal Malmaila. Why is that? Shekaidim, it doesn't even, it's, it's pre-birth. Because it's the divine soul. And the divine soul, nothing is going to obliterate. Nothing is going to make it not divine. Nothing is going to kill it and destroy its properties. Even before it was manifested and embodied in the physical properties of a person. In other words, even before birth. Before it was melubish. Melubish means enclosed, like when you put on a garment. Before it became embodied in the vehicle that we call the physical body, it basked in the radiance of the divine presence. And it was absolutely one with infinity, blessed be he. Now those are very strong words. There's no separation between the two. Because it is Ein Saif, it's a, so to speak, a derivative of Ein Saif. Birth is that this reality is now manifested in a body. And I get to know myself only through my body. But it doesn't change the essential properties of the soul. The soul is It's completely one with Einsef. This is so prior to its birth in the Gufagashmi, that was the only reality. What was the Neshama? Ain't so if pure infinity, one with infinity. After it's embodied in the body, and now lasik binyanamagashman, and it could become immersed in any whatso any matter that's connected to our world, which is material. And this is what we call Mayim Rabim, the raging waters that exist in everybody's journey in life. Everybody according to who they are and where they are. Im kolzeh. Nobody has the same river floating them. You got your river, I got my river, you know. Every house has its own river, its own pond, its own mayim rabim. Every, every goof has its own mayim rabim. Im kolzeh, that's the chiddush. Lo yuchlu None of these waters can ever extinguish the fire. Miliyas tomid. Bebchinis avot shukin ifla lalas lichalolamayla. Nothing can extinguish this state that there is an ava, a love, and a chukah. Chukah is desire. And it's not stama love and desire. It's nifla. It's unbelievable. It's extraordinary. Nifla means stupendous. It's a pellet. It's wondrous. And what's the ava and chukah? The ava is, I want to be one with Ein Saif. Lala is to ascend, to be subsumed. Lamaila, above. Above means with the reality of aboveness with the perspective of life, which is 
Lamaila, the divine perspective of Ainsif. So this is a confidence that a person ought to have that I may I may have to go deeper. I have to go deeper. But I should never doubt this state of being, this Ava and Chukka Nifla, this intense and, and exceptional and powerful desire for love and connection, nothing can obliterate. Even if the Mayan Rabbim seem overwhelming. So what do you mean? You can have a big fire that's not extinguished by a regular rain. Zolzayim. But sometimes you have a tsunami, you have a hurricane, right? And the whole ocean, the ocean comes up, Khalila, and it floods even the most beautiful city with tall buildings and houses and so forth. There's no protection. So sometimes emotionally, we know what that feeling is. It's like Atkan. So this is the statement in Shirashidim that no. Because if you're talking about a flame, that was created by a person, and it has an expiration date, and it has a certain finite power, I understand, it could be extinguished. But since you're talking about something that is rooted in a pre-creation reality, it's rooted in the Creator Himself, it's the Ein Soif, it's infinity, and that is the most natural state of being of the soul, that it wants to be one. One with Ein Soif. And when you say one with Ein Soif, it doesn't mean one with Ein Soif. One with something abstract that uh, we don't even know what it is. It means one with the Ein Seif and everything. It wants to be one with, with real reality. With, with, with the Ein Seif, with Hashem and everything. And in everybody, including in itself. So nothing can extinguish this, this Mayim Rabbim. Even if it's concealed, as he calls it an Avamus Because the state of the soul pre-birth and after birth, that Yichud remains. But now he adds two lines, which is really the Chiddush of the Smaimah. Va'aderab. <laughs> the Va'aderab. Because the question obviously is, you know, Don't give me your honey, and don't give me your sting. You're coming into a world with a lot of challenges, and then you tell me, but by the way, you're still a good boy. <laughs> You don't have to send me out into the desert and call me a good boy. So he says, Truth is that precisely through the enclothing itself, the journey through and in the Mayim Rabbim, in the raging waters, the soul can reach a much deeper state much deeper than it was before it came into the Mayim Rab. Kashayizbar, as will be explained. And this now begins the explanation. We don't only want to redeem the person, we want to redeem the anxiety of the person. We don't only want to redeem the person and say, beyond all the layers, you know, deep down you're good. Yishikoyach. <laughs> I'm not deep down, I'm here. I'm at the surface. So we want to redeem also the Mayim Rab. You understand? You want to redeem the the, 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 the the raging thoughts he also wants to redeem. And that's what integration could mean. These Mayim Rabbim are also called the waters of Noyach. It says in the Haftarah of Parshas Noyach, Yeshaya, Pedik Nundalet. Shem says to the Navi, I have made an oath 
that the waters of Noyach will never pass again on the earth, there will never be another flood that will destroy all of the earth. And the same, I have made an oath not to be angry at you, not to be upset at you, not to burn my wrath against you. So he calls this flood May Noyach. And that's that's and that's a metaphor for anger, for for for, for negative passion. Miktsoifalayach is is again, Migoirbach screaming at you. That's considered Mainoyach. I made an oath not to do this. Yeshaya Novi is talking about the Navu of the future. But what does this mean? It's interesting that the waters of the flood are called Mainoyach. It's his waters, it's God's waters. On the contrary, he's the one who was protected from the waters and he saved the world from these waters because he had his teva. He calls it Mei Noyach, the waters of Noyach. <laughs> so you could say, well, it was the waters of his time. It's called Mei Noyach. Valtanya says those words are very Meduyak. What does the word Noyach mean? Noyach is not just the one who rescued the world from the flood. The word Noyach and the flood are two opposite words because the word Noyach means relaxed what we would call in English, serenity. Naicha derucha means the spirit is relaxed. The, nai, the, noi, the naicha of ruach, this is an expression from the Zoya. It's like when a person relaxes from work. In the Kiddush of Shabbos, what do we say? Right? So take a look in the Targum Unkalus, the Aramaic translation. Vinach biyayim ashviyah. Vayishbais is Vinach, which is the letters of Noyach. So Noyach is Shabbos. That's what Shabbos is. The word Shabbos in Aramaic is Vinach biyayim ashviyah. He relaxed, he rested biyayim ashviyah. It's a state of rest. Mashakas of Noyach, Noyach, base palm. Eila told us Noyach, Noyach. There's two noyachs, there's two states of serenity. There's something called the lower level of Shabbos, the higher level of Shabbos. A higher level of Menuch, a lower level of Menuch. There's something called Harachboni Anchilenu Liyoim, Shekuloi Shabbos. That's the future Shabbos. Shabbos Tata, the lower level of Shabbos, you can't say it's Kulei Shabbos. So in Noyach itself, there's two states. In Shabbos itself, there's two states. If you remember in the Maimah Parshas Bahar, the whole Maimah was based on two levels of Shabbos. That's why the Gemara says, if they keep two Shabboses, they'll be redeemed. And the other Gemara says, well, only one Shabbos. Baltani explained there's two levels in Shabbos. So one second. Main noyach then means what? The waters of serenity. <laughs> so now the words main noyach seem almost very, very bizarre and very surreal. Main noyach, the waters of serenity, really? <laughs> That's how you define those waters? So this is the opening to the explanation that sometimes the mayim bring noyach. It's called the waters of noyach, the waters of menucha. But those waters were the very antithesis of Menucha. Noyach ran away from the waters. The whole Mabel doesn't seem to make sense. If it was just to remove and destroy 
all the people who were so corrupt and sinful. Why do you need so much drama, so much fanfare, such a rash, such a tumult, such a commotion? In one moment, Hashem could eliminate them even without a flood. It's this whole parsha. Uh, it's very, very detailed how it happens. 40 days and 40 nights, and Noyach has to build a teva for 120 years and bring in all the animals. It's very, very dramatic. Take Marcus Pchaitis. What happened by Marcus Pchaitis? In a moment, it passed away. You have it by Sancheirev, in different stories of Tanakh. What was this whole thing in a whole year? It's a whole year with the raging waters and everything was flooded. What, 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 what do you need it for? Achba'emes, the truth is, that was only one part of it. The truth is, the flood came to cleanse the earth. The earth needed a tara, cleansing, a washing. It needed a mikveh. If you look in Parashas Noach, he keeps on emphasizing the earth is filled with robbery. The earth is filled with corruption. The, the planet, the planet was ruined. It needed taro. The mabble, the flood was basically a cosmic mikveh. The earth was put into a mikveh. And just like a mikveh is 40 sa'ah, why 40 sa'ah? So the Gemara says, Mayim shakal gufay oilabem, because you need water, that the whole guf should be able to be submerged in it. Not even a finger or even my strands of hair should be out of the mikveh. So you need mem sa'ah, because less. You won't be able to put your whole body in it. So the marble had to come for 40 days, which are equivalent to 40 sa'ah. What does it say in the Pasuk? That even the tallest mountain, right, was submerged in the water. So the whole earth was in a mikveh. And nothing was sticking out. Why is that so important that even the tallest mountains, as Kola, Arim, Agvoyim, the tallest mountains were submerged in the water, and if not, if the peak of the mountain was sticking out of the water, then it's Nishke Mikveh. <laughs> so the Arboyim, Yoim, the 40 days, the number 40 is like the 40 Sa'a. We don't need to be in the Mikveh 40 days because a person has a limited amount. But you have here the whole planet so to get it all into a mikveh, the whole earth into a mikveh, it needed the 40 days. And what did the mikveh accomplish? It wasn't just to eliminate the corruption and the sinners. That could have happened in a moment. But it was a cleansing process to transform the very fabric, the very chemistry, so to speak, of the earth. That's where the Torah keeps on emphasizing. The Eretz, the Eretz, the the whole Eretz, the whole Eretz needed to be cleansed. Ah. You're, you're also touching the ground in the mikveh. Yeah, but it says it says that the the water from below and the water from the Tahoim met. So the earth was <laughs> from both sides. The Tahoim went up and the Arubis HaShemayim Niftachu. The waters from above met the waters from below. <laughs> it was like pre-creation. That's what it says. You take a look at Noyach. Yeah, yeah, he's just quoting the... the oh. 
So this is the vart of the Mabel. Ulezois nekroyim meinoyach. Shenasim is a neichederucha. That's why it's called meinoyach. It's waters that created a new noyach, a new serenity, a new reality. On one level, the Mabel was terrifying. He's not taking away that. It's terrifying. It was terrifying. But there was also something else. Because, because anxiety is terrifying. That's going to be the metaphor. It's terrifying. It's overwhelming. He's not turning the Mabel here into uh, you know, a blissful Ganadin. The Mabel was the Mabel. But if it was just to eliminate the sinners and get rid of them, you didn't need a Mabel. There was a whole other element of Mabel. And that is, a new world was created as a result. Oilam Chadash says by Noach. He saw a new world. It was a new, a new planet Earth. A new planet Earth. A different consciousness, a different state of being. The waters created a new type of Menucha, a new type of Noach, a new type of Naichadurucha. And essentially, this also gives perspective in the whole story. Because if you think about it, what really happened? If you look at the Psukkim of the Mabel, it's very interesting. It really, it's a description of what the earth looked like in the beginning of creation. If you go to the beginning, it says, So there's Ruach Elakim hovering over the water. So state of water. And then what happens? Hashem says, Suddenly now the waters should have a separation with the firmament. But it's still everything is water. And then on the third day, let the waters retreat into oceans and rivers and seas and let Yabasha emerge. What basically happened by the marble? It went back to that place. <laughs> it says the Tahoim came up, Arubis HaShemayim, the windows of heaven, Iftachu, and the rain came down. So the two waters met, Mayim El and Mayim Tadim met, and it went back to the Veruach HaLakim, Rechefes It was a second creation. That's the Altar saying. The Mabel wasn't to destroy, the Mabel was to recreate the world. You know, reset, right? What do you do? Control, alt, delete, what do you guys, brilliant programmers do? I just shut it off. Complete, you know, rebooting, but not just rebooting, <laughs> not just the software, the hardware. <laughs> a, a complete, like a, 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 a new bris asylum, a new bris asylum, a new covenant, a new bris, a new civilization, but not just in the sense of technically you had to start everything anew, but he says also spiritually. And, and, and something changed in the process. It was a different type of creation. How do you know? Because after the first creation, God said, I'm going to destroy it. it. It's not capable of healing. After the second one, he says, there's never going to be a marble again. I'm never going to do this again. Why not? Why not? What? Well, you never thought of this, huh? A holy. And the vart is, it's expressed in the rainbow. The Mepharshim say, what's this rainbow? Rainbow is a natural phenomenon. After rain, you go out, the sun is refracted, it's reflected, you have a rainbow. It's a sign that it's pushed a natural reality. So the Mepharshim explained that before the marble there was no rainbow because there was a density that didn't allow the sun be reflected that way so there was no rainbow. After the marble, there was a lightness, there was a refinement in the atmosphere 
that allowed for the rainbow. So the physical rainbow was also a result of the Tyra of the Mabel. What does it represent spiritually? And this is going to be a very powerful point. Before the Mabel, you see that people lived, who knows how long, close to a thousand years. Adam lived 930 years. There was a man, Yered, lived 962. Mr. Shalach, the oldest man, lived 969. Even those who lived who had who lived less, Hanoich died very young. You know, he was three hundred and change. After the Mabel, it says one hundred and twenty years. That's already you know that's Shleimus. So everything changed. The world became weaker. You don't have the giants. You're not living a thousand years. So after the Mabel, the world becomes much weaker. On the other hand, after the Mabel, the world is secured. So does it become weaker? Does it become stronger? The answer is that that's exactly the change. Pre-Mabel, the world was living off God's grace. Hashem said, I'm the custodian, I'm the boss, this is my ship, it's my world, I run it. As long as you're in my classroom, good. The moment you run away from the classroom, you don't have a world anymore. And that's why they were living close to a thousand years. They were living off infinity's grace. The Mabel... God said, now it's your world. It's your world. It's now yours. So the number of years is much smaller because it's, 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 now, it, it's now the person's. And the Mabel allowed, the cleansing allowed, that you should always be able to find within yourself the ability to rejuvenate. It's there inside. Nothing will be able to dis- destroy that. So you always have the resources to come back. The Nebuchadnezzar once gave a metaphor. He says there's two types of teachers. We're talking about real, real teachers. There's a teacher. He said this, Marshall, a teacher. who's a brilliant man. And he sits with the students and he knows how to explain things amazingly. And whatever he says, they could repeat to other people. But if they have to teach something that they never heard from their teacher about, they have nothing to say. He didn't teach them how to think on their own. He taught them amazing material that they can then communicate and communicate brilliantly because they get it. But all they can be is they could be recipients. He says, it's not a real teacher. A real teacher teaches the student not what to say, but he teaches them the methodology how to get there. Yeah, you see it in every field in music. You see it in therapists, for example. The therapists, they read textbooks and they may be smart so they know all the information but they don't own it. You don't own it. That's ultimately, I'm a, I'm a parrot. I know how to say over things. It's a gewaldike Indian. A student who hears and hears and hears, but ultimately he could say over. It's not his. It's not hers. And then you have, you know, you have a leader who creates followers and you have a leader who creates leaders. It's a different experience. To create leaders, you can't just give them information. You have to give them everything. You have to give them what you have. It's not a teacher who gives classes. He gives explanations. He teaches them how he got there. That's much, much harder. It's methodology. It's formula. It's perspective. It's teaching the person how to think. So now this teacher has changed. This student has changed forever. Even if he's not in the presence of the teacher, and even if he's dealing with something the teacher never told him, he has it in himself. It's a different type of gift. He says, pre the Mabel, Hashem was like teacher number one. After the Mabel, it's like teacher number two. 
pre the Mabel, Hashem says, it's all, this is my world. You want to be in my class? Unbelievable. So as long as they were close to God, it was a beautiful world, a thousand years. The moment they detach from God, there's no life anymore. They didn't, he didn't destroy them, they destroyed themselves. You know, a person uh, uh, takes drugs non-stop, you fry your brain, there's nothing left. They destroy themselves. The Mabel was already uh, stage two, they destroyed themselves. Why? Because they detached from the source of life. We need oxygen, right? If I, if I cut off the source of oxygen, I can't live. That's because the oxygen was coming from above. And after the Mabel, the oxygen is within. The spiritual oxygen is within. So even when you step away from God, you didn't step away because it's inside of you. That's the pshat they went through a mikveh. It's a different out in the world. He turned the human being into a true partner. You're not my students anymore. You're now my, you're now my partners. That's the mikveh he's talking about. That mikveh creates a different type of water, a different type of noyach. May noyach. A mikveh creates noyach. Now, a mikveh is scary. Why is a mikveh scary? Because if you stay in the mikveh too long, you know what happens, yeah? You don't come out. A mikveh means I'm going into a space where there's potential of death. Why is that the prerequisite for noyach? That's the point. In order to be able to go through that transformation from pre-mabel to post-mabel, I have to go through an experience where everything I know about myself, I almost lose to the point that if I stay there too long, there's nothing left of me. Why does a mikveh create cleansing? What's this idea? Take a shower. (laughs) Take a shower, people always ask. Take a shower. I don't mean here and then... So today, Taka, the mikvahs, Baruch Hashem, have spas, and they're beautiful, and they're like jacuzzis, which is a dover gadol, right? But Amal mikvahs weren't always, uh, I don't know if you know, the Balatanya once said that he has ten, ten big things that uh, he, uh, he feels he was saved from prison. And one of them was, I don't know if you know, that he created the mechanism in Eastern Europe to be able to heat up mikvahs. It was not non-existing. It's a whole story. But uh, it was, uh, was uh, going to the mikvah for women, it was not a Pashat thing. It was very, very complicated, especially in terms of coldness. You're talking about Eastern Europe. You're talking here about Belarus and Russia and Ukraine. Winter can get uh, winter. Huh? Muddy and, and free, freezing. So, so, so what happens in a mikveh? What happens in a mikveh? Why can't you have a chatzitza outside of the mikveh? And the answer is because if part of me is outside of the mikveh, then the mikveh, can create that transformation. The mikra creates a transformation where I'm going into a place where I really don't exist at the moment, and if I stay there, I'm not going to exist. I'm going to, uh, I won't live. Emotionally, what does that mean? Emotionally, there's a place here, it's like a marble. <laughs> it's essentially a place of, of, of destruction. And it's that that allows a new noyach, a new, a new serenity. That's what allows the transformation. Because of that mamal. That's why it's called Mei Noyach. So this is the beginning of the explanation why there is Mayim Rabbim. The Mayim Rabbim are not just Chas V'Shalom to make your life hard. The Mayim Rabbim are not here to make your life hard. The Mayim Rabbim are here to create Mei Noyach, a Different type of serenity. So you'll say, really? <laughs> you know my mabble? <laughs> my mabble ain't creating no serenity. Right? So it's, it's a very, this is an important question. 
because these are not small words here. You know, if he just says, okay, it's a Nisoyen, and, and you'll get through it, and you'll go to Elam Haba, and you're going to get a lot of, uh, you know, brownie points for your anxiety. <laughs> Somebody once told me, you know, I'm, I have anxiety nonstop, but it's worth it, because in Elam Haba, I'm going to have Menucha. That's not what the Balatanya is saying here. <laughs> He's not saying this world is supposed to be miserable, and the more anxiety you have, it's like you have tickets, you know, when you go to amusement parks, right? And you get tickets and you can go on rides. So, you know, I have anxiety for 90 years. I have like 9,000 tickets. I can go down every roller coaster in Elamaba. <laughs> Some people see it that way, but that's not the Vart. The Vart is that the may, Mayim is called Mei Noyach. So this is a very sensitive, uh, a very sensitive Nakuda. Okay, so this is where we're going to stop here. And Be'ezir Hashem, tomorrow morning, we'll continue the discussion. 7.45. Everybody have a beautiful day and a serene day, together with all the Mayim that Hashem has blessed us with today. Ah, And when the Mayim Rabbim come into the brain today, ask them if, if, if they want to give you menuchah or they want to destroy you. They may have an interesting answer for you. Of course he knew it. Rashi says, the famous Rashi at the end of Bereshus. But that itself is the process. I guess first the student needs to sit at the feet of the master and just receive. You can't become a mashpia before you become a makabal. <laughs> you can't skip. You can't be a leader before you're a follower. You can't be a rebbe if you're not a student. Right? Talmud chacham. They're not called chacham, they're called Talmud chacham. Why? You should be called a chacham. You never thought about this, right? In yeshiva, they never called you a chacham for the manashtana, a chacham for the agada. The chavas das writes this in Yeridea. You call the Talmud chacham. Why? At one point, there's a rabbi in Atlanta, it's today in Ertisrael, Rabbi uh, Emmanuel Feldman. He wrote a book, it's called Tales Out of a Shul. Tales Out of a Shul. It's a very funny book. So he writes, he came to Atlanta as a rabbi in the early 1950s on a train. So he writes how the ignorance of American Balabatim in the 1950s. So it was once after Mairev, he was sitting in the library and he was learning Stark. He saw that the president of the board of the synagogue is looking and he didn't, he seemed very discontent. And later he heard that he called a board meeting and he said, the rabbi deceived us. What happened? The rabbi told us at the first meeting that he graduated 10 years ago. But I saw him learning. It was obviously, he was preparing for an exam. <laughs> and he didn't graduate 10 years ago. <laughs> right? So he said, <laughs> the fact that he was learning, that was a very bad sign. It's like, you're supposed to know your stuff already. Talmud Chachem. The moment you become a Chachem is Nishgut. Right? Talmud Chachem. One of the most dangerous things for a Talmud Chachem, for a rabbi, really any person in an influential career is, to say, I know everything there is to know. Right? If you come into a doctor and he tells you, everything there is to know about medicine, I know. Everything. Choose another doctor. If you come into a therapist and he says, everything there is to know about the human brain, about human behavior, I know. (laughs) Choose yourself another therapist. If you come into a rabbi and he says, everything there is to know about truth, everything, I know. (laughs) Choose yourself another person. Because uh, Talmud, Talmud Chach. Because you're dealing with infinity. What do you mean you know everything there is to know? 
the Arizal speaks about a level of godliness that's called Radla. Radla is Reisha, the law is Yada. The head that's unknown. So the Balatanya writes, It's unknown even to itself. It's unknown even to itself. You have to understand what it means, but so 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 that's the process. I can't just become. Uh, did I answer your question or no? Uh, no, obviously, obviously, the level of corruption was such that it was not salvageable. The, the civilization couldn't go anywhere. That's what I was explaining. When all you give a student is the connection with you, the moment he's out of the classroom, the moment he's disconnected, right? It's like cutting off the oxygen line. So then ultimately, there's not going to be any life anymore. They detach themselves from the source, and when they detach themselves, their life was going nowhere. They were destroying themselves and each other. The mabel, the mikveh created that the relationship is internal. It's innate. It's who you are. So you can't connect, you can't disconnect. You can only think you're disconnected. That was a transformation. That's a very big difference. Being really disconnected, that can't happen. If it could really happen, so then there's sometimes no hope. But if it's only an apparent disconnection, I feel disconnected, I'm not experiencing the connection. But if the light is inside of me, or put it this way, this is who I really am, it just may be in exile. So now what I need is, I need a search. I need to go deeper. You, you tell us what I'm saying. So the potential for perpetual healing was created. Because there could never be a situation where you're so damaged, you're just damaged. Sometimes it looks like it, right? Do you ever look at a person and say, you're damaged beyond repair? You ever do it with a patient? You want to do it sometimes, right? <laughs> like you, marble, marble, you, you the marble. You want to do it sometimes, right? The, the guy is so, <laughs> there's like no hope. So it sometimes looks like it, and with each of us, it can look at it that way. But that, that's the mikveh. It's a new cre- The mabel wasn't a punishment, he says, only. It was a new creation. It was a new briyas oilam. It was a second briyas oilam. And a different type of oilam came out. It was an oilam that went through the mikveh. Well, so that's what he's saying, that somewhere in the earth, there is the potentiality for rejuvenation. In the earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, this doesn't mean the world can't become a dark place. We all know what happened with Nazi Germany. We all know what happens uh, in, uh, you know, uh, fundamentalist uh, Islamic locales. We know what's happening in Iran now. This doesn't mean the world can't become a corrupt place. But redemption. He says, there won't be a marble again. So why are we so weak? We're so strong. The answer is, that's why we're so weak, because now the strength is from within. Yeah, you can't live a thousand years. You can't live a thousand years. You're almost, your inspiration is coming from within yourself. God says, now it's your world. (laughs) 
It's your world. You, you, you have it. You're divine. It's your world. Huh? It's a good question. How could land become corrupt? Right. It's a great question. And the answer is, just like you have Eretz Yisrael, what's that Eretz Yisrael? Eretz Yisrael doesn't mean a land where Jews live. Right? The first Rashi in Bereshus is, why does the Torah start with the story of Bereshus? It's a Jewish constitution. Start with 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 Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, with Achaydash Azalachem. Uh, you want to tell me history? Fine, give a history lesson. It says Torah. Torah is a book, it's a Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch doesn't start off with the creation of the world. It starts off how you wake up in the morning, say Moedane. That's Rashi's question. What's his answer? His answer is that one day Jews are going to be approached by the nations. Rashi wrote this in the 1000s. How did he know? And they're going to tell the Jews, list them at them. List them. Then the Jews, there were crusaders. The Jews didn't have Eretz Yisrael. Rashi says they're going to say to the Jews, list them at them. You're a bunch of thugs because you conquered the nations of Shiva Goyim. And for that purpose, the whole title was written. The Jews should be able to speak to the United Nations and have a good answer. The whole title, that's what Rashi says, yeah? The question is, what's this list them at them, you're thieves? What, you never heard of war? What, the Jews are the only one who conquered land? The pshat is, Echisol is a different idea. Echisol is not pshat a land where Jews live. Echisol is a land of Jewishness. The earth of Echisol is different earth. Svasema says, but Bilam said, yeah? So the Svasema says, unbelievable word, I look at the Mitzur as a mountain, like a boulder, like big, tall rocks or mountains. I look at the peak of all the mountains of Eretz Yisrael, and what do I see in the mountains? I see a mirror of the Jewish soul. I see, I, it's like you see a mountain and you see a person in the mountain. That's what Bilam says. It's not Eretz Yisrael, a land where Jews happen to live. Like Jew people live in America, people live in Australia. People, no, it's a Yiddish land. Just a land from the Yidden. Yeah? In Israel, secular Israelis still debate. Herzl wrote a book, yeah, Judenstadt. Judenstadt means the Jewish state. What does that mean? <laughs> is it the state of the Jews? Or is it a Jewish state? <laughs> now, Herzl was a very, very secular Jew. But what does Eretz Yisrael really mean? Not a land of the Jews. It's a Yiddish land. There's mitzvahs on the earth. There's mitzvahs on the earth. Arla, Shmita, Truma. My, what do you want from the earth? <laughs> if I grow tomatoes, if I grow vegetables, if I grow apples here in Muncie, no problem. Suddenly it's in Eretz Yisrael. The earth has a some mitzvah. What, what do you want from the earth? Shmita is a mitzvah on the earth. Veshav Sa'aret Shabbos Lasham. It's a different type of earth. It's a different akuda. And the reason is because earth is organic. You know, we look at earth as just uh, earth. How, how do you contaminate earth? But really, it's a dynamic planet. It's a dynamic. And the human being has a symbiotic relationship with everything. Rashi says the animals became corrupt. How do animals become corrupt? The answer is because a person is at the vortex of creation, you're at the eye of the storm. So therefore, there is a very deep organic relationship between the man and the universe. There's a taich. There's a taich in Chesidus. Unbelievable. Who did he say? Let's make. Who's Nasa? Rashi says, who's let's make? I make. So it says, 
Hashem turned, remember man was created last, he turned to the all of creation, everything, and he said, Nasa, <laughs> let's make man. In other words, man is made up of what? Of everything. He turned to the squirrels and he turned to the elephants. He turns to the flamingos and he turned to the giraffes. He turned to the zebras and he turned to the black holes. He turned to the vegetation and he turned to the sun and the moon and the galaxies and the planets. And he turned to every mountain and every ocean and he said, Nasa Adam. Adam is made up of everything. That's why Adam could be Masakin everything. And Adam could be Makalkal everything. He turned to the whole universe and he said, Nasa Adam, together we're going to make man. And that's why people are Meshiga. Toit Meshiga, Why? Am I a flamingo? Some days I'm a flamingo. Other days I'm a giraffe. Other days I'm a squirrel. Other days I'm a monkey. Other days I'm a chimpanzee. Other days I'm a groundhog, right? (laughs) Other days I'm the sun. Other days I feel like earth. (laughs) Who are you? And the answer is, Nasa Adam. The ganze Welt hat gemacht Mensch. You hear a teich? Huh? I saw the chsidus. Not the svasemis, no. I saw it in a Maimer from the Lubavitcher Hashem turned to, he said, all the Esesviris and all the Kaiches of the world and the whole universe, he said, Nasa Adam. We're all together. You're all part of this. You're all Shutfim. So the human being is, 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 is very, is, is interconnected. Our nervous system is interconnected to every Nikud of the Briya. Right? We take responsibility for the world. Why? Because we're made up of the world. I don't look at the moon and say, oh, that's a nice moon. No, 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 no. The moon is inside of me. I look at the sun. It's not a nice sun. The sun is inside of me. I look even at an animal, an insect. It's, it's part of me. There's, there's a kinship. It says that Adam had relations with every animal. What is that supposed to mean? Yeah, Rashi says it, right? right? What does that mean, he had relations with every animal? Really? Every behem, every chaya? What does that mean? And then when he came to Chav, he said, oh, finally. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? Huh? You ever thought about it? This is it. This is it. The human being has kinship with every part of the world. Every animal has a connection to us. That's why. You can only have a relationship for something that's, fam- that, that's recognizable. The Chiddush is, it's not Chava. It's not Chava. It's not Etzema, Etzema, Yabosem, Ipsori. It's not Chava. It's a, Chava is a different level of kinship. Because Chava is like Adam. <laughs> With Adam and the animal, he's a Mashpi and she's a Mekabal. With Chava, they're similar. It's Ezek and Negda. So, so that's the answer, how man can corrupt. So, 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 so the earth can become corrupted. The earth... The, Right, right, right. Eretz can't be makabel tumah. Anything offer is not makabel tumah. Clay cheres can be makabel tumah. It's made from offer, but offer itself is not makabel tumah. Oh, mitzad halachically, you're saying. So that's the taina listim atem. You're robbers. It's not robbers that you took the land. It's robbers that you transformed the land. <laughs> It can't become Ois Eretz Yisrael anymore. It's still called Artseinu. Right? Rashi brings in Mechakai said that any other nations that settled Eretz Yisrael, they were never successful. 
the Romans, the Byzantines, yeah, the Crusaders, the, the, the Turks, they settled, but they were never successful. It never blossomed. Why? The Jews were not there anymore, but it's still, it was a different Metzius. It's a source of different Metzius. That's Listim. That's, you're a real thug. You come into a physical world and you transform it. And the Jews answered, you're making a mistake. It's not a physical world. It's a spiritual world. <laughs> Your premise is wrong. It's not a physical world. It's a spiritual world. Yisrael is just a revelation of that. Kanye West is not so off. It's just enough on a spiritual level. We take we take a world, but if we corrupt it, then it looks like we're doing this. Anti-Semites are never off. They're off in the way in the way they're interpreting their obsession with Jews. Right? They're never off. Unfortunately, they're, 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 they're terribly off, of course, in the way they interpret who they are and what the Jew means for them. Well, the Eitz Hadas was the beginning of a process that allowed the person to experience himself or her as self-conscious, as distant. But that process, obviously, you know, it spiraled downward for ten generations from Adam to Noyach. So the Mabel essentially was a, was a, a, a recreation, but a different type of world. So as in Medrash, Oilam Chadashra, Noyach saw a new world. So it doesn't only mean he saw a new world because, you know, there was nobody there, but it's also he saw spiritually a new world. Oilam Chadashra. Everybody have a beautiful day. Thank you for coming. The Hesh Nasa Adam, Nasa Adam, the Gansavelt. Such a, such a reich of art. Huh? Was machte? A gesunte winter, a gesunte winter. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.